I'm your host, Wendy Sparks. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Ms. Darlin Brooks, who is the mother of Marshawn Brooks, who plays for the CBA, the Chinese Basketball Association. Marshawn was drafted in 2015 and has played in the G League overseas as well, so we definitely have an interesting story for you today. Before I invite her on, though... I am so excited that the NBA preseason has begun. I watched my son play last night. The Magic played versus uh, the Hawks. And I got back into my, my basketball routine where I got into my PJs. I got my water out. I got my cell phone out. And I just started talking to a few of the Magic moms. And, and, and it was a lot of fun. It felt, uh, it felt good to get back in, in, in that routine again. So go Magic. We had a, a good win last night, so I'm hopeful for uh, this season to come. With that said, I would love to bring on my guest, Miss Darlin Brooks. Welcome, Darlin, to the show. I'm so happy that you are spending some time with us today on Courtside Moms. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So before you came on, I was talking about the fact that the NBA's preseason started I know that Marshawn is in China right now. Um, has their season started yet? Oh, yeah. Their season um, started up, let's say, around mid-October. Oh, okay. I did not realize that they're, that the uh, the seasons um, in China have already started. Well, that's good. Let's hope that uh, sometime in the future when all this is, uh, when COVID is gone and stuff, you'll be able to get over there and uh, catch a couple of games. Well, yeah, you know, I've, I've been over there twice. So, um, you know, now that he's pretty much established over there, um, the, the girlfriends kind of go now. <laughs> so, um, but I would love to go back. Um, you know, he's a dad now. So, yeah, my little grandson, um, uh, I would love to have taken him this this holiday season However, you know, China's not letting anyone in. Right. Okay. Now, it may have started there, but I tell you what, once they cleaned it up, that was it. They, t- they took it very, very, very seriously. Right. And that is probably why their season has been able to jumpstart, you know, um, and they're rolling. Right. So they're not letting anyone in, especially from the U.S. Because, right. you know, we are hot mess over here. <laughs> 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 well, before we back it up and get to the beginning, I am. Um, how was it for Marshawn? Because when he first got to China this time in July, he actually was tested positive for COVID. So, what was that like for you as mama in the U.S.? And then here you find out that your baby got well. Well, was positive. Let's start. Let's back up all the way to the last season. So when it first COVID first was announced in China, he was in China. For okay. okay. So at the time they said, well, we don't know what's going on, but we're just next week is uh, going to be, I guess, the Chinese New Year, which they give them around uh, maybe 10 days to two weeks off anyway. Right. So um, they just said, go on, you know, on your vacation. So they usually do many vacations, which is normally either Hong Kong 
But this year he decided to go to Bali. So, and it just happened to be around his birthday. So his birthday is uh, January 26th. So he left, went over to Bali, thought everything would kind of blow over. And then it just went wild in China. And they were like, don't even come back to China, go home. So from Bali, he's calling me or, you know, communicate with me via text or whatever, and just says, get me a flight out of here and don't send me through Korea, any of the Asia, Asian countries. He was just like, just get me out of here. So he went through um, Australia, from Bali, went to all through Australia, and then from Australia to LA. Okay. And as he's going on to Australia, that's when, before he even landed, you know, he we all got the news that Kobe Bryant died. Right. And Toby died on his birthday, you know, so it was a 24 hour flight just to get back to Georgia. And then, you know, at the time, China's saying, you know, well, we're just going to, you know, we're going to go on hiatus for two weeks. And then two weeks ended up being, you know, a month. And then from there, it was just like, don't even come back. So, yes, now fast forward to now July, they're saying, okay, we have it under control here get back as soon as possible. So he's taking, you know, his tests, you know, he didn't really feel any symptoms and he tested positive here in the States. So then he had to wait a week before he could even go over there or to be tested again. Then once he got tested again, he came, he was tested negative. Uh, They sent a a flight for him to They sent him a flight here uh, in Atlanta to pick him up. He flew over there on a private plane, just him by himself. He landed. They tested him again, and that's when he tested positive. And let me tell you, they don't play. They, they, um, what is it? Quarantined him. That's the word. Should know that. That's the word of the year, right? (laughs) They quarantined quarantined him in the hospital there was no quarantine in the hotel or in your you know um home town home that they have you in he had to quarantine in the hospital for um i think two weeks and he had to get three negative tests before they even let him out and then he had to quarantine again for another two weeks so with all that being said he ended up missing the um the the championship game okay he was a part of it, of course, you know, um, in the earlier part of the season. So he is still a champion, but um, he did he was not able to play. Right. So, but he's, he was feeling fine. He just went through all of those extra steps to make sure that he was not going to bring it, spread it, not only in, in China, but also to the other teammates. Right. So. Well, at one point, like everybody has to be safe, right? Yeah, absolutely. Just, absolutely. just happy that he was able to overcome that and, and oh and yeah, get back he's to feeling normal. great. And I thank God. I'm just glad that you know it wasn't you know anything too serious. So right. we end up being right. okay. Okay. So give me a background of how Marshawn got into playing basketball. Let's go back to the beginning. Oh yeah, the beginning. Wow, such a beautiful time. <laughs> so <laughs> you know. Um, it's one of those things where I think, you know, I played basketball. I come from a basketball family. Oh, okay. So, yeah, um, I played, my mom played, my sister played, 
you know, we had a basketball goal in our backyard as, you know, growing up. So, you know, as a youngster, I would go outside and see my uncles and my cousins and my dad just shooting around. So we had a basketball goal. So, you know, I had Marshawn and we, I grew up, I raised him in the same home where I grew up. So I was living at home. I was young. You know, let's go back to the beginning. I had Marshawn two weeks before my 21st birthday. So I had him young. And um, so we grew up in that back same backyard where I grew up. And we there was a basketball goal. Of course, at the time it was small, but we ended up putting a basketball in front of him. And he just took to it immediately. And I'm talking about probably two or three. As soon as he was walking, he was he had a basketball in his hand. Right. And um, you know, it just went from there. And as we you know, years went by. Um, I moved here, you know, to Atlanta because I wanted a better, you know, future for myself and him. And as um, soon as I came in town, I started looking up, you know, um, recreation, you know, communities, recreation centers that offered youth basketball. And at the time he was five. So the YMCA did not start there, um, you could you you could not join the YMCA team unless you were seven or eight, I believe. But the city of Decatur here in Atlanta, um, the Atlanta area, um, they had they started at five. So I drove him down there to these games, and they played only two quarters, so made sure that all the kids had an opportunity to play. Right, and. Um, he was shooting threes like at five years old, you know, of course it wasn't the three point line as it is now, but he was definitely a, an outside shooter. Uh, so, you know, it was kind of clear, like this is what he wants to do. And this is what he wants to enjoy and have fun with, because that's always been my goal. Well, as a mom, as a a mom, mom, you were able to recognize his talent, right? Because you were already a basketball player. Right, exactly. And I didn't push him into, oh, you're going to play. You know, he tried football and he tried that for one season um, at, in middle school and he didn't like it. He didn't like being tackled, you know? Well, so, listen, that, and that, that was okay because okay. I didn't like being outside. So <laughs> at what age did he start playing organized basketball? I want to say, well, besides at five, I would say soon he's, as he went over to the YMCA, which is seven years old. Okay. And that was more organized. Um, you know, only the best players, you know, start, uh, finish the games. And, you know, at seven, eight years old, he was doing behind the back passes on fast breaks. And, you know, he was entertaining, you know. And so I'm just happy because I know the game and I'm, you know, we always break down the games on the rides to the, to the game, on the rides home. You know, um, and a lot of the the parents, of course, were entertained not only by him, but um, just, you know, they were just enjoying just enjoying their kids out there, you know, having a great time, just staying out of trouble, keeping our kids busy. Right. So he played throughout grade school, I'm imagining, and then high school. So So let's talk about his high school. Yeah. Yeah. So we get to high school. Where did he play? um, Sorry. Where did he play high school? So in um, Stone Mountain. I bought a home in Stone Mountain, and um, that's where he started playing uh, his high school at Stone Mountain High School. 
And he was on the freshman team, played a little bit of JV. And uh, he was really skinny, so he still is very lanky. But, you know, he was even, you know, at that time, you know, 14, 15 in high school. Just a lot of the younger guys had already at his age were filled out. And he was just really, you know, lanky. So um, he could play. It's just that they he was always overlooked because of his size. He was tall, lanky, but they didn't think that, you know, he could hold up against some of the bigger, you know, 15-year-old freshmen. So he played predominantly freshmen and then would kind of, you know, um, sit on the bench with JV. Then we moved, went to um, transfer him to another high school for his his 10th grade year. And um, that program just didn't work for us. So I did not like the coach. I did not like what he was doing, not only to my son, but to others. You know, I didn't like the way it was no longer fun. I understand the game, but you still have to, um, you know, be the adult in the room. And, you know, it was um, a lot of cursing. You know, I would show up. I'd leave work early to come catch his game. My son's on the bench in full, like, not even in uniform. Oh, because they ran out of uniforms and they chose him and maybe two other guys to, to, to be the ones chosen to sit on the bench and give their uniform up to another guy that they felt that was probably either better or bigger that could play. So it was a lot of that. And it was. I so was did you like, have to move him? Oh, yes, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> I left. Yeah, we left out of there um, is after his 10th grade year. And we went over to Tucker High School. And um, that's where it all began. That's where everything came together. He met his coach, Coach Hartree, is, who is still um, a very good friend of the family. He's like a father figure to Marshawn. And um, he played there his 11th grade years. Um, he did not start. He was six man off the bench his junior year. And, um, and then his senior year, um, they went all the way and uh, won a championship. Wow. So were there scouts that came to visit the, that school? So here's the thing with Marshawn. You know, and we've always, I want to say, he's always been overlooked and came from behind. You mm-hmm. understand? So he's always had that chip on his shoulder, and that's okay. But, um, yeah, so 12th grade year, you know, they're, they're rolling. They're playing the rival team in, in this, in DeKalb County which um, Kobe Bryant was, when they Lakers played the Hawks, Kobe Bryant came in to visit, you know, to Columbia's basketball team. And, um, you know, because they were on the national stage. So they had a lot of recognition. And that was Tucker, which Marshawn School, Tucker High School, that was their, that was their rival. So um, during that season, you know, his senior season, there were scouts that were coming to watch. So if Mark Tucker are playing Columbia and they're on the national stage, scouts are coming in. Right. And they're watching all the other players. They're even watching another player on Marshawn's team, uh, Jeremy Simmons. They weren't really, they came to see him. They weren't really coming to see Marshawn. But of course, you know, if you're playing well, there's an opportunity, right? Absolutely. You're being seen as well. And that's how that all came about. Um Providence came to see Jer- see the game, um, and they came to see Jeremy Simmons, his his uh, teammate. And they, after the game, Marshawn played so well. They came and talked to me. 
that was the beginning. And I want to say that might have been maybe February. So he was not even, you know, on the radar at all until February of his senior senior year. So what was the college recruitment process like for him? Um, It was not, it was very local, you know, mid-majors, you know, College of Charleston, Kennesaw State, UGA showed a little interest, Georgia Tech showed a little, um, but nothing very serious. And then Providence came along. And um, because I'm from originally from New Jersey, I grew up on the Big East basketball. Right. So, you know, I'm from the 80s. So, you know, the Patrick <laughs> Ewings and, you know, watching all of that, you know, uh, Five Slamma Jamma, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that was the real good times of college basketball. So I was just like, yo, you know, to him, like, Providence, you know, they may have been on the lower end of, you know, the biggie scale or in the middle, but I was just like, I think you could, if they're really serious, I think you could go here and, um, and, and really make some noise and you may be able to, you know, live your dream, but let's just keep, you know, our eye right now on just getting a scholarship because it was never about to me, you know, that was his dream, but I never forced him because let's be real. You know, it's it's one in a million that could make it to the NBA level, Absolutely. right? And I never wanted my son to feel that he had failed me or himself, you know. So I just always wanted to stay focused on what was ahead of us. If we're in high school, we're going to work on getting a scholarship. Right. And if we're, in a, if we're in college, we're going to take freshman year first, and then we're going to move on to sophomore year. And then sophomore year came around. And um, the NBA started, you started like really seeing how this could actually happen. And I was just like, oh my God, you know, but I wanted him to just still stay focused because I didn't want him to feel that type of pressure. And sure enough, junior year comes around and um, it just was not a great junior year. And you you know, the NBA does not like them old. You know, they want them freshmen, sophomore, the latest. Junior year came around, so he had to go. He had to go back for his senior year, and um, and that's when you know he set all those rec- scoring records with the Biggies, and you know scoring fifty two points and all that stuff. So it was a it was a good season, but he knew what he needed to do. So, well, at Providence, uh, the games were not televised. Most of the Excuse games me? at Providence, most of the games were not televised, and the visibility was so low. So Marshawn, mm-hmm. like, so what did he do to stand out? Because now he, whenever somebody came around, he obviously had to do everything, like pull out all the nine to. He did what Marshawn, um, what Marshawn is good at doing, which is score the basketball. Okay, that is, that's his bread and butter. Yeah. You know, when you're going up against him and you see, and he's a guard, but he is, he's longer than the, average guys or guards that you know in college at the time so he's 6'5 with a 7'2 wingspan so you know for him to shoot over you know forwards and guards and point guard it was nothing and then he's very crafty you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so yeah he was uh, it all started with um, him and Jimmer for that remember BYU, you know, uh, him and Jimmer being neck and neck as far as scoring, um, 
uh, went, excuse me, uh, scoring the most points that season. That, that season. And um, then Georgetown, he played Georgetown, um, I believe at the end of February and scored 43 points. And that was televised. And honey, that was, okay, who is Marshawn Brooks? And then two weeks later, what was it? Uh, Notre Dame came to Providence. Okay, I got to ask. Notre Dame was <laughs> Notre Dame was ranked. So this yeah. was also televised. And he scored 52. He went 20 for 28 um, from the field. So it was not only a, not only a, it was a scoring clinic mm-hmm. that he put on. Yeah. And it's still on YouTube. My sister tells me sometimes when she's bored or, you know, because she's a, she's a um, division one referee. Okay. So she travels, um, you know, she's in the airport a lot. And she says sometimes when she's waiting on her flight, she goes and looks at uh, some of his old videos from college. But that was, like I said, a scoring clinic. And once that 43-point game with Georgetown and that 52-point game, he shot himself right into the first room. Okay, Darlene, what do you like at games? I would love to come see a game with you. Like, <laughs> Well, I'm just, you know, now I will say, you know, as an as the mature adult woman, you know, as the mom, now it's just you know I'm just celebrating. You know, yeah. I'm just there, just taking it all in. You know, and just yeah, just enjoying and cheering him on. Good for you. Um, but early on, I I was more of the mom coach, right? Because I would be the one to tell him when he's you know like yeah, you stunk up the whole gym. gym. Like what the hell are you doing? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? No, I was that mom. No, but you have um, to be. I had to be, you know, because you don't, you're doing your kids, even in life, not just with sports. You're giving them, you're doing a big disservice if yeah. you don't tell them exactly what it is. Yeah, you can't give your and, kids false you know, hope. You can't coddle them. You got to tell them what, you know, yeah. what you see. And like you said, you know, going back and, and, and from my experience as a basketball player, I recognize that. So I've always pushed him um, and I was not very impressed with a lot of things. Like even if he, you know, was score a lot of points, I'm just like, well, what, you know, how many rebounds you have? You're six, five. You can't be, you know, you can't have 25 points a game and you got three damn rebounds. Yeah. You know, so. That was but it's good thing. that you but understood the sport enough to share your thoughts with him. Yeah, so, and he respect my he respect my input. Oh, and that and that and that's good, especially coming from yeah. mom, right? You know what I mean. Sometimes, you know, boys they're like, oh, maybe a man would know better, and that's not necessarily the case, right? It isn't, and you it's know, not. I find that most, mm-hmm. you know, men, men or young men that have that strong woman or mother that's in the home, and especially one that played sports and understands mm-hmm. it. Like you see a lot of those young men that have that type of success. Yep. So we have really knocked down those those barriers yeah. and you know, show that we, you know, the single mom could definitely we could we could take him there as well. Absolutely. We know what time it is. So <laughs> Yes, we do. <laughs> so when did the decision to declare come about? So it was senior year, um, after you know, those two games. Um, you know, we started getting a lot of, um, I'd say a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails to him. And, um, we met this man, uh, his name was Larry 
And Larry was a trainer. Mm-hmm. Larry's from Jersey. And Larry was saying to us, you know, you know, tell Marshawn he needs to come and, and train with me. Um, so Marshawn, you know, he took it upon himself. He did leave his senior year early because um, he wanted to train. And like, and this is the mentality of, you know, always being overlooked and still having to work, you know, even harder than anyone else. It just, he wanted it very, very bad. So the second semester he did leave. Um, he's three, three classes of, no, three or four credits away though from getting his degree. So we gonna visit that, we gonna revisit that <laughs> soon. But um, he left to go and train with Larry in New Jersey. And another player who was also um, going to uh, declare, uh, Scotty Hobson out of Tennessee. And, um, you know, it just went from there. And uh, it was, you know, then he went over to, uh, went to Chicago to train with Tim Grover, I believe. I think he trained Kobe. And um, we hired an agent. And we got some um, good press, you know, got um, a few um, beat writers to come and see Marshawn's workout and, you know, put in, you know, their opinion. Like I said, you know, it was a, it was a, um, it was, it was a system that needed to be put in place to make sure that he was being seen. And so it worked. And, um, you know, before we knew it, he was teetering on the lower end of um, um, oh the lottery the lottery picks yes I was boom (laughs) so So preparing for draft is everything to a player who was trying to get on a team whether they are projected high or not what was Marshawn's mindset and how did it help him get through all of his workouts um he was determined um, this was yes. the opportunity that he had been waiting for all his life. And he was not, no one was going to take it away from him. So mm-hmm. um, work ethic, you know, eating right, um, making sure he was re- getting his proper rest. You know, um, it was it was something that, like I said, he, he knew that I'm not going to let this slip through my hands. And, um, and, and he worked hard towards it. And, and I watched the whole thing. I let him go, like I said, to Chicago, where his trainer wanted him to train prior to the combine. And, um, and we just waited, you know, and uh, it was a beautiful thing. You know, at the time, I was still working full time, you know, at the job I had been on for almost 10 years. And, um, and I say that, you know, because it was a job. It was not a career. So it was easy for me you know, when the time came to, you know, leave it behind. Right. Um, because my son, he, he needed me. He wanted me with him wherever he was going. And I was going to send my brother, you know, someone else to kind of, you know, and I was going to stay here because I have a daughter. My daughter, um, my daughter, Naya and Marshawn, they are um, almost 11 years apart. Right. So I still had to raise my daughter. She's in, you know, um, elementary school at the time you know so yeah uh but he was just like no i i want you to come and so i was just like okay then so that's awesome yeah some players just want to play no matter what but it's important for them to sit back think about and really understand what they can contribute to a team 
Do you think at that time Marshawn was really ready for the NBA? Yes, he was. Okay. Yes, he was ready to play in the NBA. Absolutely. But he had no idea the 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 corporate machine that yep. is the NBA, and um, and that's where you know I noticed he was a little flustered because he did not understand the politics of any corporation, right. let alone you know the machine. Like I said, that is the NBA. So that was very difficult for him to navigate through um, and understand, you know, what was going on. Um, players that were on his team that were up for, you know, their max contracts, you know, were not having this rookie guy take their shot. Yeah. So he had to sit down and swallow a very tough pill. And, and, and God did as well because, you know, as a mother, you're watching – your son get, you know, twist your child, should I say, it could be a son or a daughter, twisted up in all of this um, at the blink of an eye. You know, you, you do everything that you're supposed to do. You become a rookie all-star. You come back from the rookie all-star game. And um, and then things, yeah, from then on, everything was, uh, was different. It changed. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about draft. Let's go back sure. just a, just a mm-hmm. second. Sure, Let's sure. talk about uh, draft night. How did you prepare as mom to attend draft night? Ooh. You know, he did not he did not want to go to the draft. Um, at the time, you know, you get your your agent is telling you all the teams that are interested, right? Mm-hmm. Where you may or may not fall. And so um he was as high as 15 and, of course, as low as, you know, uh, 30. But he was definitely solid in the first round. So he did not want to attend because, you know, it's nerve-wracking and then you just don't know. So, but I felt, I was like, no, nah, this is, there's no way. You're, you're, you're going in this first round and your name is going to get called. And, um, and we're going to experience this as a family. Don't be afraid. You know, God has, he has the final say. And I knew in my heart that I was not going to put my son in a position on a national stage or on national television to, you know, to be made a mockery of or to be embarrassed that he just wasn't, his name wasn't called. So I, I kind of, you know, felt in my gut that, it was okay for us to go. But as far as me preparing, I don't even remember. I think I was just coasting. The The tears flowed after. And I mean after, not even during, not what after he called his name. We went back to the Prudential Center because remember, you know, this was New Jersey next yeah. that he first got drafted with too. And uh, we went back there to take pictures. I had a party of, um, I rented out a place in Newark um, for family and close friends to have their own watch party. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, being that we're from Jersey and he was born in Jersey, you know, his dad lives there. So his dad and, you know, some of his friends and family came. And um, it wasn't until we came back from, you know, taking pictures that I actually 
were like was able to it just hit me and I just started like bawling like crying right anyone knows me I'm not like you know I'm, I'm soft but I'm a little you know little rough around the edges at times so it was just like I had to hold it hold it together of course you know because it was just it was just so tense you know what we had all been through I what I went through I went through experiences at my job and you know I don't want to get into that but you know, they were treating me a little different because of what was about to happen with my son. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was just a release. And, um, you know, so the preparation was just making sure that he was okay. But um, I, I just was coasting, just making sure that he had everything he needed. Right. Well, you said that he was drafted to the New Jersey Nets, but actually he was drafted 25th overall to the Boston Celtics. And then moments later, he was moments traded. Later. So... What happens then? I mean, you get up to like, you know, they call Marshawn's name, Marshawn Brooks, you know, you're drafted to the Boston Celtics. He gets up there, they give him his hat and then he goes and takes the picture. Then he walks off the stage and finds out he's traded. Like, what happens then? So let me see. So I'm glad you brought that up. So as the time goes through, you know, prior to pre-draft, we had got really some great information from the Indiana Pacers. Mm -hmm. Larry Bird, real at the time, being the GM, really loved Marshawn's workout. And so much so that, you know, he sent, and I'm sure other teams do this, he sent a private detective um, to Atlanta to meet me. And I guess they did all their back, you know, background checks on, you know, the player and the family. But this uh, private detective came and, you know, we had lunch and he just wanted to know more about me. I guess, you know, they want to know their their investment. Right. So. Um, so, yeah. So when Larry Bird, the Pacers were picking at number 15. So when number 15 came, you know, it was um, Kawhi Leonard who turned out to be the Kawhi letter, mm-hmm. right? So um, we're just like, okay, you know, so then 17 comes and I believe it was the Knicks and he worked out for the Knicks. They picked Iman Shumper and then he worked out for Charlotte and um, I can't think of who that was. It may, I'm not sure who that was, but anyway, we're like, Marshawn is like nervous. Like he's looking at me like, <laughs> I know, and so from I think from seventeen, no, from seventeen, and Charlotte might have been eighteen or nineteen. From then on, he had worked out for no one. He did not work out for Boston. He did not work out for New Jersey. So we're just we're wondering, oh my God, who's picking him? Like, and so I started second guessing, like, oh God, maybe we shouldn't have come. And he's just looking at me like, so I'm watching, and I never told him, I'm watching the man who gives out the hats. Okay, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> I didn't tell my mom. She's on my right. My son is on my left. I didn't tell anyone. I'm seeing that he's getting word beforehand of where he's supposed to stand. Oh. So he can hand the hat to this player. And so before uh, David Stern at the time, yeah. God rest, mm-hmm. the, you know, God bless his soul. Before David Stern even comes back on stage, you know, this man is setting up and I'm just like, mm. so I'm paying attention to him. And then I see him, you know, 20, 21, 22, 23. And then I see him in our area around 23. <laughs> and then I say, I, I still didn't tell Marshawn, you know, 
what what my mind was thinking, but I'm like, he's it's coming. And sure enough, um, when David Stern came out, the 25th pick, I he was standing directly in front of us, and I knew then that that Mark, I was, I just it didn't make any sense to me that Boston Celtics was about to pick Marshawn. It just didn't. But I knew that they were about to pick him because of that man that was sitting. standing in front of us holding the hats. And then they traded him a couple of minutes later. Like, how did you find, how did you find out? Because I'm assuming you're still sitting, I guess, in your sitting area and Marshawn's on the stage. Let me tell you, Marshawn was just so happy to hear his name call. Girl, uh, uh, (laughs) um, Iraq could have called. I tell (laughs) you. Okay. And he would have been happy. So, um, yeah, just, you know, immediately after he went up, got his hat, and then um, they come back out and and says, um, you know, the agent brings us the other hats. And was just like, here, you know, he's going to Jersey. And then that was the bittersweet moment because I'm from from Jersey. Jersey. That's right. Your family's there. Girl, did I want to go back to Jersey? Um, Now, for my family, my mom and dad, yeah, but you know, for Marshawn, you know, and in his friends, and you know, it takes you know, it's Jersey is Jersey, you know. So I was right. just like, I wasn't sure of how I had to, how I was going to have to protect him in Jersey. You you understand? Right. That's the thing. So um, you know, so it was just like I said, bittersweet. We're going back home. So yeah, um, we went back to to Jersey, but. That um, that was a it was a good thing because I at least I knew in Jersey that they with the Nets that they needed a um, a two guard they needed a shooting guard at the time right. so I knew that he would be he would be able to play immediately because of their need at the two. Well, there's not that many players that get drafted close to home, right? So I guess that was yeah, yeah. exactly okay, so right. Good right. for you guys. I mean, for yeah, me, when my son you. went undrafted and then he ended up uh, in in Turkey, so. That was not close to home at all. So, no. Okay. So, you understand what I'm going through now. Everything you're saying, I understand because my my son went through uh, a lot of. a lot of the things that that Marshawn yeah. did. I mean, minus the trading, but we'll get into that later. Um, okay. But <laughs> what is your son's name? My son is Kem Birch. He plays for the Orlando Magic. Kem Birch. Birch. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good for you. So, let's talk about the beginning of his career um, with the New Jersey Nets. Just the first couple of games. How was that for you? Oh my God. I can imagine your hype. It was, it was a dream. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to lie. And I, I'm very even killed, you know, like my third eye always like does not allow me to really immerse myself into mm-hmm. too much. Cause I'm always just, you know, like, is this for real? But I, I was just so proud. Right. It was just amazing just to, see this whole his this whole thing come full circle right you know we not we're not even we're not even pressing the issue about being a pro basketball player he knew that he would make money he says mommy i'm gonna play i'm gonna in high school he said to me i'm gonna make money doing this mom he said that and I just remember saying, okay son and if that is overseas which he was saying if I gotta go overseas 
this is what I want to do. So to see him here, you know, in Jersey, you know, playing on the, on a NBA team, it was just so surreal. And, um, just very rewarding. I was I was very, very proud of what we were able to accomplish. Absolutely. Two years later, he was traded back to Boston, the team that drafted him in the first place. But that didn't last long. So let's talk a little bit about that because, I mean, I'm looking at Marshawn's story and it's pretty incredible. I mean, he is the poster child of you never know. <laughs> okay. Yes, he is. He, um, yes. So that was the beginning of mm. the end. And I, I watched a lot of, like I said, I watched a lot of the, the politics go on. Mm-hmm. You know, the first 2012. So I thought maybe, you know, the summer and the comeback in 2013. Um excuse me, yeah, over the summer of 2013, I, I thought things would change. Um, um, you know, a lot of players on his team, they got their money. They were happy. You know, they signed these lucrative deals. And so they, I thought that things would change and get better. And um, for Marshawn, as far as playing time, and and uh, then they wanted to, they wanted to go uh, all in, Right. So, you know, we're going to, they're going to Brooklyn now. So they're like, and maybe I'm skipping around a little bit, but, you know, as they were heading into Brooklyn, they needed to go in with, you know, they had to compete with the Knicks for the fan base. So that was important to them. Um, So they had to go all in and, you know, they brought in, I was, you know, a lot of players that played his position that, you know, were older um, veterans. And, um, and so he had to take a back seat and, and he did came off the bench, did his thing, you know, whatever. Um, and, you know, um, then it just kind of, you know, coaching started to kind of sour on him and, you know, he just didn't really, feel or understand where he fit in. Um, So that was a trying time. I even stopped attending the games. Because at this point, as a mom, you know, I'm in protective mode. I want to protect my son. And, you know, maybe even, you know, curse a few people out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just... Mm -hmm. I do. It was not, it wasn't a good time. So I stopped going and then uh, over the summer, you know, spoke to his agent a few times and um, we kind of felt it was probably best that we move on. Um, so when the time came around for, you know, them to get this, this team together, which consists of uh, Paul Pierce and um, Kevin Garnett. Mm-hmm. You know, Marshawn's name was floated in the mix of that because he was still young. So Boston wanted to see, you know, maybe a change of scenery, right? Could do some good. And um, you know, we were we were we were happy about that. I will say that we were kind of happy that he was leaving 
the situation in Jersey, because I'm going to be honest with you, it was not a good situation. I'm talking about from the top <laughs> execs all the way down to the players. And you will see after we left how things started to unravel. And um, yeah, a lot of, you know, people, a lot of players end up getting exposed. Let's just say that. Right. No, but I we love your gone. honesty. I really do. Because a lot of people oh, don't yeah. understand what what really goes on, right? Or Ooh. they just think that like everything is blessed. You're playing for an NBA team mm-hmm. and you're 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 this millionaire and just Mm-mm. you know what I mean, just do you and, and everything is great and that's not necessarily the case. But for Marshawn, I mean the Celtics they they well he was traded to the Celtics and then they put him down to the um, G League team, correct? They put so him they, down to the G yeah. League team because they were guard heavy at the yeah. time and they felt that, you know, he could work on some things. So, you know, it's about fit as well. You have Brad Stevens, who is, you know, a college, you know, um, he came from Butler. So he was like the, the college basketball coach darling. And now he's, you know, playing, excuse me, now he's hired to be the coach of the Boston Celtics and his style and scheme, which, you know, was not, it, Marshawn didn't fit into that. They didn't need a, you know, um, a, a score. They wanted, you know, someone that played on both ends, you know. And Marshawn has, like I said, a very unique gift. Um, he's, a, he's a scorer. That's what he does. So um, on the on the defensive side is where his weaknesses is. So you have, uh, you know, uh, I think his name is, uh, what's his name? I forgot. Uh, Avery Bradley, very nice guy, very nice kid. Um, Avery Bradley, who can play, you know, both sides of the ball. And um, Keith Bogans was also in a part of that you know, trade from Jersey with Marshawn and and Courtney Lee was on Boston at the time. So they had players that played his position that they felt were better suited. So they sent him down to the G League and then, you know, he plays extremely well in the G League. So he didn't fit there either. So they didn't know what to do with him. And then, um, you know, but I will say, you know, and then Jordan Crawford. Jordan Crawford was also on that team. And, um, and that's where Marshawn and Jordan Crawford end up, you know, being uh, developing a really good friendship because they were both on Boston. So I know I'm jumping ahead, but that's they left there and went to Golden State. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But he did a lot of movement within that month. I mean, oh. he was oh, oh. he was traded to the Celtics. He went down to the Red Claws. Well, I shouldn't say went down. He played G League, the Red Claws, and then he was traded to the to the Golden State Warriors right after. Then played Santa Cruz, and this is all within one month. I mean, how do you prepare to be shuffled all around the place? I don't know how he did it mentally. I had to keep him up. Okay, that's what I did. Right. So wherever he was, I traveled. I flew in, drove, you know, at the time, I, when I said I moved to Jersey, he got traded. I stayed in Jersey because my daughter was in middle school. So, you know, I wasn't about to go to Boston. I wasn't, that was a, that wasn't ever a part of the plan. Um, so she needed to finish um, middle school. So we stayed in right. Jersey, but we drove to, to Boston to see him play. 
and, you know, would come in for Thanksgiving and on those types of things. And then, you know, and then he gets um, traded to Golden State. And now I'm, you know, he flies out. I'm driving into Boston to help him pack or getting, you know, the teams, you know, the teams send their people in to pack all the stuff up and his car gets shipped out and everything. So we all come together. You know, he had a girlfriend at the time and his college girlfriend that was living in Providence. So she drove up and helped me while I can, you know, still had to, you know, raise my daughter in Jersey, make sure she went to school. So I just had to make sure that he stayed up and that he wasn't getting down. And then shortly after that, I flew into into um, into San Francisco to just put some eyes on him to right. make sure that, you know, get here. All right, I know you got to start over, but you know, let's get it together. You know, let's 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 uh, let's try to see where you fit in, and, and you know, make the best of it. I will say, Golden State Warriors, their organization is above board yeah. because you know now I got experience. Yeah, so, <laughs> you you're a seasoned mom with a lot of air saying? miles. <laughs> you go from hey. You know, I understand that. Okay, so you go from the New Jersey Nets and turns into the Brooklyn Nets, and then you go to Boston, which wasn't bad. But you go to uh, Golden State, they are on it. They take care of everything. They take care of their players. They are they are probably uh, equivalent to, what would you say, like... Um, the Oracle, you know, one of the, you know, the Googles, one of the better right. corporations right. of, you know, of America where everyone wants to work for. That's at that time, I don't know now, but at that time they had a very, very good, you know, um, team, office team that did everything and always made you feel, you know, um, made you feel a part of what was going on, what they were trying to build. But once again, there was not a good fit. And at that point, I'm about to I'm about to go crazy. Well, yeah, because your your son is all over the place, and I, I can only I'm imagine it being difficult. And which led him shortly after to Italy, and then to China. I mean, what was it like for him to leave the U.S. and go to Italy, a whole new country and culture, and then go to China, which is a different culture from Italy and home? Marshawn is very, you know, he's a tough guy. Like looking back. You know, he's really laid a laid back man and he doesn't say much, um, you know. So I had to learn a side of Marshawn and how tough he was. Yeah. Um, you know, I knew I was tough because I knew I grew up in Jersey and I was raised there. I didn't leave Jersey till I was 26. But I raised him in Georgia in the South as, you know, came here at five years old. So, you know, he had dealt with a lot, but this he had dealt with some things. But this one was a whole, this was, this was a new animal. And I was worried for him, but I went with him. And I was like, I'm not sending you off to, you know, another country unless I'm going there with you. And I did. I flew in with him in, I think we left in August of, of 14, 2014. And it was amazing. Oh, my God. Like, so if you have to start pulling on your faith, right? Because that's what gets you through, yeah. right? You're like, okay, God, how do we end up here? <laughs> what, what, what message are you trying to convey to the Brooks family? I'm going to follow your lead. And, and then I realized that this is what it was about. He wanted to play basketball. Right. And 
you know, some people's happiness, their happiness are weighed, you know, differently. And his was, as long as I'm playing, I'm happy. Right. I'm sure for my son, that's all that mattered. I'm not going, I can't be on the bench and, and, and I can, but for so long, I'm not going to be on the bench watching players that are making, you know, way more money than I am. And I understand that you got to play the $8 million guy and, of course, the $25 million guy. But as far as, you know, the role players, you got to play those 9 and $8 million guys before me mm-hmm. because, you know, here I am, just got here, got traded here, and not really seeing where I fit in. So we got to when we got to Italy, it was a great, oh, what a, he loved Milan. The city is just amazing. He fell in love with it. And um, because of that, because of that one year, I was able to visit Italy three times. Okay. Um, I went to go visit. And then I, you know, discovered, of course, Paris and, you know, went there for New Year's with my daughter, was able to bring her, my sister and I. We went on a, a train ride through Rome, you know, from Milan to Rome. So, yeah. It, so it's yeah, good that it, you were able to to experience that as well with your son. Let's talk about the games in Italy. How different are they from the games in the U.S.? That was that was way different because the language barrier, uh-huh. right? They don't understand. Um, I don't understand the cheering um, from the crowds, but I will say the crowds are into it. They are vocal. There is a, a section that, you know, they have the drums, they wave the flag, you know, of the, right. the team flag. It is, it's serious. And um, so it was, it was great. You know, um, it was, it was good. They really take to, they really accept and embrace the, the American players, um, which, or what do what they call the imports, right. they embrace them. So it was a, that was a good situation, but you know, I will say, be honest with you, the money is not as good right. in Europe as it is in China. So is that how, why he ended up in China? Oh, yes, ma'am. deal? <laughs> Listen, you got to go well, where the money is, right? You, especially for China, play, pays a premium right. for scores. Like, if you watch some of the games, you know, there's they're not going to pay that type of money for a shot blocker. They don't care about that. They want to see the ball go in the basket. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That is so true. And we want to pay you to put the ball in the basket. So it just ended up being a great marriage for Marshawn and China. Um, And especially where he ended up in Jiangsu. Like he was a God, like they, they knew what they had over there. Um, you know, they knew they had an NBA player that just ended up in China, right. just like with Marbury. You know, Marbury was a great guy. He was a great player. It just did not work out here. He had to go somewhere where he felt respected right. and felt, you know, like I said, everyone's um, happiness is way differently. So Marshawn was very, very happy in China. So he played um, there for three seasons, correct? He played in Jiangsu right. for three seasons. They absolutely loved him, adored him. And that makes you feel good as a parent. You go and visit and you have the GM, you know, making sure that me and my daughter were fine. They they sent, they gave us an interpreter to, you know, to travel. Like, we didn't want to stay in the hotel. We wanted to go places. We were like, yeah, 
go with them on the train, take them here, whatever. So it was good that they looked out and took care of us as well. Right. Then the Grizzlies came calling while he was in China. How happy were you that there was a possibility of Marshawn coming back to play in the NBA? And how happy was he? Well, you know, we have been waiting on that moment, I guess. Um, And it's funny because I got word that a player that plays in China, he is from Memphis, and he is very close with the Memphis uh, basketball organization. Mm -hmm. Um, So I believe he just happened to have a conversation with either the GM or the basketball operations president or something. And they just happened to ask him like, you know, questions about China. How's it over there? So tell us, you know, who's over there balling out? Like who's the best interest? Like, let me tell you something. Marshawn Brooks over there. Marshawn is killing over there. And that's how his name came up. They end up getting in touch with his agent and bringing him in for a 10 day. That's right. And he was ready. Like, you know, he's always knew that he could play in this league. Right. Just like I said, you just got to find the right fit. And um, he comes over. And I was I was excited, of course, I, because now he's a dad. So his son had just been born in 2018, in January. And then um, Marshawn gets his 10-day at the end of March. And, um, and he lights it up. So then he came back. He um, he had a ten day contract with them, and then later on, he signed a, a multi year contract with the Grizzlies. Did yes. he finally feel like now I did it? Well, no, because I don't think that's his goal. Of right. he's but you know he's he knows he can play here. He knows that, and if you you know everyone has their role like. You know, the NBA is built up on the superstars, you know, which is the top tier. And then you have the, you know, the, 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 the mid-tier players or the guys that are on the brink of superstardom, like the Devin Bookers, you know, Joel, Joel and Beads. You have them coming along that are, you know, are being groomed, Ben Simmons, to be the, the next, you know, set of superstars. And then you have the role players. That's just it. So he knows. So, yeah, there are role players that play on the NBA now that are playing or they're getting very paid very good money, but are not playing basketball. You Mm -hmm. know, they're just there. And Marshawn knew that, Okay, I could come back here and I could play because he knew he could always be a role player. But playing the game is where he wanted to be. And so, yes, we were very excited. Um, hindsight, we look back and we always, you know, I asked God, okay, what was our reason? You know, we came back to the NBA, to Memphis. It just didn't work out. Um, why? Why was that? And I, you know, Marshawn says to me, you know, when he left the NBA after um, 2014, before he went to Italy, he was only, he was only uh, had, I guess, three years in. So in order to be fully vested, you know, retirement wise, I believe it needs to be four or five. And so we came back and got those two years. So if that's what we have to look at as that was the reason why God brought us back so he could be fully vested in getting his retirement, then that's what we'll live with. 
Well, he signed his deal with Memphis, and then mm-hmm. shortly after, he was traded once again to the Bulls, yes. and then waived a couple of days later. He didn't even play for the Bulls. So what happens in a case like this? I mean, do the players just sit in limbo and wait to hear back from a team, or, and you know what I mean, your agent? Like, what, what do you do? Um, absolutely not. <laughs> um, you have to reinvent yourself, and that mm-hmm. is... Marshawn will probably, his face, as you said, could also be the poster boy for reinventing himself. So, you know, he was already familiar with China. And once China, Jane Su, um, and the teams that he plays for, that he's playing for now, once they got wind that he was being waived, because we knew that Chicago did not need him. They didn't want him to come in. They didn't want him on the bench. You know, um... They wanted to go young, so that was that. And so, yeah, almost immediately, the phone started ringing for him to come back to China. Right. And I mean, the you know the the purse to go back was was very lucrative. So he was not going to sit around and wait for an NBA team. He um, he just actually, wants to play. No, he just wants he to just play. Wants to play. Good say, for him. He wanted to wait till after the. The, the, the break, the all-star break, that's what he waited for. And then that was the end of, that was mid-February, waited for that. Once there wasn't a lot of, I think Detroit might have been a little interested, but not showing um, enough interest where he felt that he would pass up on the money in China. So he went back and then, right. and then ended up winning a championship. Good for him. What is one thing you wish you'd have known before Marshawn began his career? Began his, his pro professional career? Yes. I wish I I think I, w- I wish I would have known more about the politics of the NBA. Yes. Both of our sons have played NBA, G League, and overseas. What so far about his journey have you appreciated the most? Oh, I've appreciated I've appreciated the fact that Marshawn God has brought us around the world. We have been able to see, travel and see cities that I may have never been able to experience had it not been for that orange basketball. Um, And I'm very appreciative that he's happy. Um, You could just see the the pep on on the court when he is, when he's playing. And also, I'm very um, thankful and appreciative that my son has never had a major injury ever, 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 ever. Okay. That's awesome. Yes. Yes. That's a blessing in itself. Yes. Yes. Right? My baby, too. Yes. Amen. We're all knocking. That's it. (laughs) Absolutely. Praise God. Just a a look, a tweak of an ankle, some ice, some cold ice baths, and uh, that's it. Keep it moving. I believe my son's going to be in his 40s in the NBA. (laughs) Because oh. <laughs> he's just so sure. strong. That's it. Him and Marshawn. <laughs> Marshawn's, he told, he told someone, China's probably going to have to kick me out. Like, I am going to be Good here. Him. Yeah. Good for yeah. him. Yeah, thank you. What do you think he's learned about playing with all these different teams? Uh, I think he's learned the business side of things. Now, he understands the approach is going to be a little different. You know, it is not basketball first. It's it's your job, right? You're an employee. 
you go to work. If you do two a days, you do two a days. And so I think the business side of not just the NBA teams, but the business side of China, the team he's playing on now, they, you know, they're working on their third championship. So coming in second is just out of the question. So yeah, they are a lot, their approach is a lot different maybe than Jang Su, the team that he was in, that uh, he first played for when he was in, when he first arrived in China. So yes, the business side, I think for sure. This is part of the show now that we want to know some fun facts about Marshawn. Oh, okay. All right, Mom, what is that go-to dish that you make that he just absolutely loves? Okay. Um, I make a seafood lasagna. Okay. Yes. And that is um, my signature dish that I can bring to anyone's home and shut it down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So when I make that, it's it's uh, everybody's calling up. He's picking up the phone. He's calling everybody because he's also a very giving. He has a big heart, so he's very giving. So he's uh, yeah. So that's one of those things that he definitely loves that I make. Okay, so then the next thing you're going to have to do is go whip one up. Well, make two. Uh Make one for him and freeze it and send it. Send it to China and then send one to the Corsair Moms team. So, like, send, like, nine. (laughs) So we we can each have our own, okay? Well, you know what? If you all are ever in Atlanta, my doors are always open. Know that. Thank you, and we all And I don't don't extend that to anyone, so that's for sure. Just always look me up. And come through and see me. Thank you. What was one item as a child that he could not live without? This basketball. Like he went to, and that that might sound cliche. No. He went to bed with a basketball in his bed. That was, he didn't have a dog. He didn't have any pets. That was what he did. No. So yeah, it was, it was his basketball for sure. You're not the only mom who said that. So, no, it's not cliche. It is so, so, so real. Yeah. Great. What, yeah. <laughs> what was your childhood nickname for him? Oh, my God. I just, I, 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 I call him Mars. That's all. Just a little short. No really nicknames. You know, I will say um, Marshawn. Is difficult. Um, of course, there were, it was, you know, mispronounced Martian, um, you know, so I put the capital S in there to make sure that it was Martian, but there's, it's okay. Uh, but I, I would always just say, you know, Hey Mars, what's up? You know, and even some time when I text, I'm talking to my sister and I was like, Hey, you here from Mars today. And you know, it's just one of those things, but there was really never a nickname. Okay. Now we want to ask some tips or advice. From you to our listeners, what three tips would you give a mom who has to deal with a coaching decision that she does not agree with? So if with an open mind, if you are a mother that knows the game, right? Because I don't agree on with mothers that just feel like, 
oh, my kid has to play or whatever, and your kid is, is not a basketball player. No, you want him to play. He plays basketball. There's a difference between being a pro. Playing basketball and being a basketball player, okay? Yep. So if your son or daughter is a basketball player, then um, get him up out of there. I mean, now we have, you know, there's open enrollment I know in the state of Georgia, there are plenty of schools that kids can go to. If you have a child that is on the brink of something great or just say on the brink of getting a scholarship and he's at a school and playing for a coach that um, is not use, using, utilizing your son or daughter in the proper way, get him out of there for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because the education is going to come. Um, you know, I, I mean, if your child is doing well in school, then absolutely, you know, because they could, they're going to be able to adapt to me if they really love the sport, whether it's football or baseball, if they know that their grades have to be good and have to, you know, have stay up to a certain standard to play, then whatever school they go to, they're going to, they're going to be just fine. Right. What advice would you give to a player about how to deal with a tough teammate? Have a conversation because, you know, ignoring the problem is not going to make it go away. Um, I, Marshawn has dealt with that, but he's not a vocal guy, you know. He, you know, he's just not. So um, I'm very confrontational, you know what I'm saying? But there's a way to do it, you know. Um, I think because as a teammate, if that's your teammate, you both need each other. Right. You're only going to go but so far. Individually, the team is not going to get there. So have that conversation with your teammate for sure. And my last question to you. If you could give only one piece of advice to another courtside mom, what would it be? I'd say have your identity outside of your, your son or daughter. You know create um there this is a this is a beautiful situation that we've been put in and it does not come across often so um use this opportunity to create other avenues um for yourself for your son or daughter and for for their legacy, for their families as well. Right. And um, you have this platform, so you have the money, you have the platform. Yeah, go for it. Uh, be creative and create um, other avenues for sure. I agree. So what you're pretty much you're saying is... Like what you're doing. Yeah, there is. <laughs> I was just going to say. Like, like me. Doing. That's right. Yeah. So you have Marshawn, whose mother was Darlin, but then you're like, no, 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 no. I'm Darlin. I'm Marshawn's mom. That's it. You know? I stand on my own. I have several businesses, you know, licenses, real estate. I'm an insurance agent. You know, I'm a savvy businesswoman. And I've been able to, you know, I was afforded those, those that opportunity to go and do those things because I work from home. I work for him. And, um, yeah, so, you know, when it was time for him to buy a house, 
who better to sell it to you but me? So that was why I went and got a, a real estate license. But yeah, I want to keep the commission. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're going to keep that money circulating right here. It makes sense. You know? <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. So, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's basically it. Darlene, you are fantastic. I had such a great, great time with you. You are as well. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure, pleasure meeting you. Thank you for coming on Courtside Moms and please keep in touch. I will. Good luck to you and everything. I will definitely uh, continue to support. Well, thank you. And good luck to yourself as well and your many business adventures. Um, sorry, we didn't get a touch uh, um, a chance to touch on all those today. Um, no, it's and, okay. <laughs> and and good luck to to Marshawn in, in in China and, and to Thank his you. family and everything that he does. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks. Bye bye. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Courtside Moms and make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Hey, hey, you won't done, baby.